This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning from uh, California, Heidi. Morning, Mom. I'm here in New York. It's actually 2.40, so it's afternoon. Mm-hmm. Cold there, huh? November. February, I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is February 24th, and it is freezing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got a great guest on today, Heidi, and it's somebody that we met at ADAC, the Association of Death Educators, uh, last summer. And uh, we were so impressed by him. It, wasn't he taking a, a motorbike ride across the United States or something? He was. We met him more in the airport, and he is such a personable guy, very easy to connect with. Started talking to him, and yeah, he was talking about, he'll have to tell us, taking some motorcycle ride across the country to honor vets and uh, to honor people that had died, and they were going to end up in Washington, D.C. And we're talking to him from um, Hawaii, uh, Pearl Harbor, which, uh, you know, has such an amazing amount of history. And uh, Tim provides religious ministry to sailors and Marines and has been deployed to uh, Iraq and in the per- Persian Gulf during 9-11. And his duties uh, are onboard ships, uh, stations with Marines, and you notify uh, service members of personal loss or tragedy and then provides follow-up and grief counseling. Is that right, Tim? And welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. That is right, uh, Gloria. Uh, do a lot of uh, stuff with working with uh, folks who have uh, just uh, experienced some loss, some recent loss. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, we were saying that you do a lot with the submarine people and you know people who work on, on submarines. I'm I'm currently assigned to uh, submarine units out here in Hawaii, and uh, and incidentally, it, uh, I think it probably is cold there for you guys. But I had to turn my air conditioning off just so it wouldn't bleed over on the uh, on the talk show this morning. <laughs> wow, Tim, what a rough life living in Hawaii. It is. Somebody's got to do it, though, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, so, Tim, tell me, are you actually, I'm kind of naive about these kind of things, are you actually living on the submarines with these guys, or do they come back and get off the submarines when they need your services? Uh, Navy chaplains serve in a wide variety of settings. Uh, usually mm-hmm. on board ships, they are a part of ship's company, and they do live on ships, on, on the ship with the uh, personnel. However, on submarines, um, because of the um, manning issues on board, uh, chaplains are not physically assigned to a submarine. I'm over 18 submarines out here in Hawaii and take care of mainly the fast attack submarines that are located out here in Pearl Harbor. I wanted to ask ask you, how did you get into uh, this field of being a chaplain, and did you have personal experience or... um, you know, how how can you hear all this? It must be tough. Well, um, for me, coming into the military as a chaplain was you know, really a God thing. I mean, when I was 16 years old, I really uh, felt that um, I wanted to serve God and man by being in the military. I think it was, in in, in my way of thinking, I, fe- I think it was uh, kind of a uh, impression that God had laid upon my heart at a very early mm-hmm. age. It wasn't until I was 36 years old, uh, 20 years later, that uh, that dream uh, became a reality, and I was able to to step into the military as a chaplain. 
Now, you grew up as a religious person then. Yes, ma'am. My, uh, my, my father was pi- uh, p- uh, pastoring a church uh, oh. down in Augusta, Georgia, when I was born. And uh, he's been a minister all of his life, still living, and in fact, just retired about two months ago. Well, I love that it's it's been your that you look at it as your calling, Tim. Yes, ma'am, it is. It is my calling to I think serve wonderful. the military. Now, tell us about uh, for our audience out there. Some people are newly bereaved, and and the military is a very guy place. And and I know there are a lot of people there who are wondering, as either guys how to help themselves or to help other people. Uh, you know, have had a, suffered a loss. Um, tell us about the the guys in the military and and their buddy system and how they deal well, with loss. Glory, glory, a lot of a lot of times, people really feel like you know someone that's grieving. I've got to say the right thing, or I've got to uh, uh, say the thing that is most helpful to the individual. And if I don't, then I'm going to really mess things up. And sometimes we we make this a lot harder than what it what it really is in the way of helping someone. Guys grieve differently than ladies do. Ladies, uh, on a general basis, are a lot more verbal. They'll talk about what it is that they're thinking, talk about what it is that they're feeling. Um, I have found, my experience has been, that guys generally don't do that as much. And mm-hmm. for, for guys, the best way of dealing with uh, grief is, is going and doing things together. Um, you mentioned a while ago that I'd gone on a motorcycle ride. I did go on a motorcycle ride cross country. And, uh, most of the guys that I went on this ride with, it was called Run for the Wall, are still grieving some of their loss from Vietnam. Wow. These were Vietnam veterans that I went on a ride with, and the Run for the Wall is to, to honor, um, all veterans, but mainly the Vietnam veterans as we go to the, um, Vietnam Memorial Wall in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So the ritual of... Uh, I'm sorry? I, I said the ritual of doing that and the wall and all that kind of thing is important. Right. And just the act of doing something together, you know, and to, to get together and have a support group with these guys for them to come in and sit down and talk about what it is that they're feeling, you probably wouldn't get anybody to come. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we had over a 1,000 bikers ride wow. cross-country uh, from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., to do something. And in the process, it was very healing for these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sitting around talking to other veterans and, and talking to uh, each other and hearing each other's stories of loss was a great way of healing. And it wasn't just the older uh, Vietnam guys. Uh, there were some uh, younger active duty military that are are experiencing some of the same kind of loss and to attach themselves with uh, other military brothers was very healing for those guys. Now, what if I'm out of the service? Um, is there anything for me if I need to get some support and help? This sounds great, you know, when you're with your group. But what happens? I, I've heard that after people are deployed and come home, it can be difficult for them. It, it is very difficult. One of the things that we're finding most difficult, Gloria, is that uh, some of our uh, especially some of our reservists are going and doing some active duty um, uh, work going over to uh, Afghanistan and to Iraq. And uh, as they go, they attach themselves with their fellow brothers uh, for the six months to a year that they are there. However, when they uh, discontinue their service and they come home after that, uh, that uh, deployment, they go back to their job, you know, as a... Uh, 
you know, sales clerk in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And they don't have their brothers. They don't have the camaraderie. Uh, in each, uh, um, in most communities, you will have uh, veterans of foreign uh, wars, VFW. Uh, you have um, Veterans Hospital. Um, but then you also have other um, agencies that would be available to help out uh, with uh, social services. Uh, some church organizations are, are recognizing this as a great need for military members, and they will step up and provide a, a area for um, guys to get together and do things, and uh, especially if they're having some particular loss. Now, it sounds like you're, you're telling us that do things is the key here. What kind of things can, what if I want to start a group, um, you know, there's not a group in my area, what kind of things would I do? Do you, do you have any suggestions? Do you have rituals or any ideas? What do you tell people to do? Well, some of the things that I would, I would recommend to groups would be, uh, you know, to get together and, and do a car wash and help raise money for, uh, you know, your local Boy Scout group or uh, do some things with your church with regard to, uh, serving in a in a uh, soup kitchen or uh, some of those things to to try to just provide a service to the community and uh, in in getting together with other brothers uh, you know guys will for example guys will go out and go fishing and may not talk all day but they had a great time together mm-hmm. or they may you know while they're sitting there casting the fishing rod. Uh, start talking about some of the things that they're thinking or feeling. Um, but to sit down face-to-face, you'd never get a guy, generally speaking, to do some, something like that. Does that, does that resonate? Well, uh, totally, Tim. And we've done shows where, where we had uh, some guys say, you know, the best conversations happen for us shoulder-to-shoulder. Shoulder. And like you're saying, there fishing you is shoulder-to-shoulder. Shoulder. It's not staring at somebody in the eyes. It's doing something shoulder-to-shoulder to shoulder together. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any, when you talk to guys and they're really, you know, in that despair time, you know, really new loss, do you have any scriptures or any, you know, things that you particularly suggest to them, exercise or lighting candles? I don't know. Do you have anything that you particularly like? Well, there's a lot of things to, to when I talk with someone about dealing with uh, loss, I mean, that's a, that's a huge amount of stress. Uh, mm-hmm. And try to find those things that they enjoy doing. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, going out and going and working out a little bit, uh, but I'm not a runner. I mean, if you said, hey, Tim, we're going to go for a run, uh, that would create some stress for me. That would not alleviate some stress. Um, but, uh, you know, going and doing things that you enjoy, if it's going for a walk, if it's uh, just sitting and listening to music, reading, um, you know, your scripture or reading other books, but any of those things can be very helpful. Yes, I do have some scripture that I uh, traditionally uh, point people to if they're looking for uh, some healing uh, with regard to, to spirituality. And a lot of times I think we uh, discount the, the healing nature of our, our, our spirit. Uh, we often look at uh, just you know trying to um, get people into you know, going and, and, and doing things, but the uh, spirit element of being able to sit down and, and, and read, uh, to be able to worship, to be able to pray, to be able to cry out to God, those kind of things are from the depths of our, our heart. Psalms are, are filled, chock full of uh, people crying out to God 
in their times of loss and despair. So Psalms are a great place to look and and uh, read. So Tim, what, what scripture would you point people to? Because I know there's listeners that are saying, "Okay, what are they?" It, it sounds okay. like there's a Psalm, few that you. Psalm, Psalm 91 is 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 a phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Psalm 46, the 23rd Psalm, is one of the most um, one of the most uh, recited scriptures uh, that we that we know. Psalm 20. 23 is and the Lord is, is my shepherd. The Lord is mm-hmm. my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, that's a very um, healing one because it talks about mm-hmm. uh, God letting us lie down in green pastures. And a lot of time I talk with people from that standpoint that this is a very difficult time. And mm-hmm. in grief, a lot of people feel like, well, I just need to bounce back. I need to. No, sometimes you just need to lie down in green pastures and let God mm-hmm. restore your soul. That's a wonderful image. That that can be very healing to get that concept. Mm-hmm. Now, what if I'm angry at God? And what about anger? What happened to God? Where is God? Why would this happen? I'm serving my country, and why would I have to go through this? Well, anger, you know, anger is is something the Bible does talk about quite a bit from the standpoint that uh, it is okay to be angry. Um, be angry and sin not, God says. There's... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of scripture that talks about uh, uh, having anger, expressing anger. Again, Psalms is, is, is full of those kind of things of expressing uh, uh, anger about uh, a, a variety of, of things. God understands that and uh, can even work through that anger. Uh, so I don't discourage someone from being anger, angry because that is a, a, a very natural element of the grieving process. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I like that that idea of finding that in the scriptures also. Well, and Heidi, I also really resonate with the fact that Tim's saying, find things that you enjoyed doing in the past, too. I mean, look for things that you enjoy and, and find them again. I, th- I think that's a, yeah, a, I like that too. a really nice way to, uh, to put it. Now, t- what do you think the most difficult challenge is for uh, a guy or a person who's suffering a, an early loss? Well, you know, one thing I was thinking about this this morning as I was getting ready for this uh, for this uh, show is that um, being able to have those close friends around you is, uh, is is something that's very important. And in the military, just by virtue and nature of our job, we transfer so often. Generally, every two to three years, we we leave one command and we'll go to another command. So. You know, in essence, we're leaving our support systems here. For example, in, Jan- in, in, uh, in just a couple of months, I'll be leaving from here and going to a new assignment. I'm leaving all of my support, all of my friends that I've made over the past three years, and going into a new, new situation. Mm. And, you know, with military guys, we, we, we lose some of our um, support that we have right around us. And... Um, being able to reach back into to our communities that we come from, uh, you know, people that we graduated from high school with, uh, some of those very close uh, friends um, can be, you know, the, the, the lifesaver. Mm-hmm. For example, yesterday I had a young man that was having some issues with thoughts of suicide. I'm in mm-hmm. Hawaii. He calls a friend and speaks to him for about four hours on the telephone in Georgia. That friend turns around and calls me and says, hey, can you talk with this guy? So I go over to his house and sit down and talk with him for a little while. 
So we have to be kind of creative about utilizing our support mm-hmm. system. I was thinking of Facebook, too, social networking. You might be able to get I was too, Mom. Yeah, what were you thinking about that, Heidi? Just that it's an easy way to, to stay in touch and to reach out to people from your past. Exactly. And, and, and being able to... To, to, to you know, retap into those uh, resources on occasion. Right, Heidi. I wondered if you wanted to say a little bit about TAPS as a resource. Oh, TAPS, mm-hmm. um, the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Um, I was just in Chicago uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, um, running sibling workshops for them. Yes, and they're an amazing organization. Timmy may know them, but they're an amazing organization oh, yeah. for families of the military that have had a family member die, and, and it, it's, it was an intensive three-day weekend, and we were all there, you know, and everybody there had had a pretty recent loss, and kind of just sharing their experiences and doing a lot of rituals. We had balloon launchings and um, a lot of music, and, you know, the music was very interactive. You didn't sit and listen to someone perform. You sat and listened, and you had drums and things you could shake and things you could bang on. I mean, you were, it was, there was a lot of doing as you were grieving. Rather than passive grieving, there was a lot of active grieving. And it was such an amazing healing weekend. And you can get a hold of TAPS on the Internet. Now, Tim, what if people want to get a hold of you? Can they get a hold of you some way? or? um... Uh, Absolutely. Uh, If they wanted to get a hold of me personally, they would need to contact contact me through through the base here. Uh, Our telephone, my telephone number out here is area code 808-473- Three nine eight one, and I was going to tell your listeners. I mean, if they are in the military, and you know, with the with the Navy, we have a chaplain care uh, assistance program set up. If you go to chaplaincare.navy.mil, you can access a chaplain. You know, immediately. Uh, there's a there's a chaplain that that covers that um, and can help put you in touch with the chaplain. In your area, if you happen to be a reserve chaplain and, and you're out in the middle of uh, seemingly nowhere in the United States, there's still a chaplain that could be close to you by con- contacting a, a possibly a reserve chaplain that may li- live a city or two over. Um, mm. And then also for the military personnel, it's not just the chaplains that provide support here. We have some phenomenal uh, fleet and family support workers. They're basically our social workers and counselors uh, that, that work specifically with the military. Contact those people for some help as well. That's great. Well, Tim, thanks so much for being on the show, and it's uh, great to talk to you. And will you be at ADAC uh, this spring? I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to, to be able to be with them again uh, this spring. Uh, we've got a lot of moving parts with uh, getting ready to um, um, transfer from this station so we'll see we'll have to see okay well thanks so much for being on the show today gloria thank you so much and thank you for all that you do for people all across the united states um, in dealing with grief thank you as well Heidi. God thanks bless you both. tim it was great meeting you and thank you so much for all you're doing for the troops in the military we appreciate thanks, it ma'am. Well, Heidi, an interesting show and uh, a, a wonderful look at uh, people who are helping out. Tim's a pretty amazing guy, isn't he? He is, and I love all the information he gave us about men in grief, guys in grief, and, and how they best heal. And doesn't, they don't even, I love what he said, that they don't even have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Be there riding their motorcycles across the country, and that in and of itself is healing. Right, absolutely. 
Well, please uh, visit our website. And uh, for people who are interested in men and grief, particularly uh, when you go on our website, you'll see a bar, a choice bar across the top, and you'll be able to click on men and grief, and you'll find lots of radio shows, articles, YouTubes, and uh, Tim Show will be on there too. So please stay tuned uh, for more again next week, and good luck on your healing journey. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.